I wasn't expecting to see you here, Eden. Um, Normally, I ignore people like you. However, this situation calls for some intervention. The Far Traveler may be of some use to you as well. We suspect he is also not from this time. If you wanted to know so, man, I could tell you. Tell me what? Who I was abandoned by and why? I don't care about that. What? I'll tell you whatever you ask me. Who is your first love? Everything I do is for someone I love. Make no mistake. You know what they say about big feet? They got big swords. Big socks. You know what they say about big hands? Big feet? Oh no, there's more, more to grip the sword with. and welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is Season 1, Episode 35, and I am your Game Master and host for this episode. My name is Emily, and as you know, I've played Snow in the other podcast, Sword Online Odd. Make sure you go and check that out if you haven't already. But as I said today, I am the Game Master of this amazing podcast, and today I am joined by... Me, none other than Quentin, who is the GM for the... SAO campaign, but here I am just a player, and I play Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher born and raised in upstate New York. Hello, I am Jaden, he of less significant title. I'll be playing Finnevere Avere, a bard and aspiring merchant. I would also just like to point out how much Charles Smoot's voice has changed from episode one, because I went back and I listened the other day. It's gotten a lot more gruff. He's an old man, weathered by his years and his outdoors nature that he now lives in ah yes those few weeks that you've actually been here which Mm -hmm. is surprising because honestly you would think it'd be longer anyway as we all know except for finnevere after charles smooth's encounter with lord eden he found himself with a renewed drive to find his way home but with half of the party either missing or unavailable at this time everyone has to work together and contend with the ever energetic cc and recently melancholic Finnevere. And by everybody, it's really just Charles Moot dealing with this group of people. But time passed a little bit, and they began preparing for the next part of their journey. And they rested the previous evening, heading into this morning. Finnevere, you did manage to sell your relics at the local reliquary, which is actually at the base of the keep. Mm-hmm. Mm. You made a little bit of money. Money. Mm-hmm. Money, money, money. Finnevere does like his money, by the way. Aspiring yes. merchant, so I'm told. Finnevere, during the night, you had another dream of a doll who is yelling at you. Why? Why did you leave her behind? Oh, <clears throat> uh, wait, uh, it's, is he able to talk? Finnevere, as you try to open your mouth and your dream to speak back, unfortunately, you find yourself unable to... The doll continues to chastise you in your sleep. And you wake up the next morning. I'm going to put a bell on you. Uh, where Where is the doll sitting now? She's at the head of the bed. Okay. Tucked in her own little mattress and little bed that you made for her. 
I pick up the doll, I get myself ready, and I put it in my Bandalore pouch. All right. Brush my hair. I did get a hairbrush, right? Pretty sure I bought a hairbrush. I, b- I believe you have a hairbrush. Okay. That's a very simple thing. You have a hairbrush. No problem at all. Uh, got my. Gotta get myself all spick and span for a brand new day. All right. So I try to flex and see how uh, hindered I am by my previous reliquary sickness. You're still feeling a little bit sick. Tommy, a little upset, but you feel a bit lighter today. It seems that you've gotten enough rest. You're no longer at a minus five. You're at a minus two. Great. I'm significantly better. Charles Smoot, you find yourself alone in your room. As always. Prepping to get ready for the day. He's observing everything that he's been carrying on his person and decides it is far too much. Does the rooms that we were assigned, do they lock via a key that we have? Um, you did ask this last time. It is with a latch on the interior of the door. Uh, I would like to make my way to the front help desk. However, I will note that there is a locking chest in the room. Oh, there is. There is a chest that does lock. And is there a key associated with it also in the room that I can find? Yes. How large is the chest? Would it be able to fit all of my valuables or is it like a small thing? What do you mean by all of your valuables? I would say, I'll give you a size. We'll say that the box is approximately two by three feet. Would that be able to fit the mind glass sword? It is a, it is. It's a short sword. The okay. short sword is approximately about two feet. Uh, Pathfinder does say most are around two feet in length. But like I said, this one's like one inch over. It doesn't fit very well in the box. You said this box is three cat- feet in length. Yeah, I want a catty corner. You can catty corner. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You're yeah. right. I did say it's two by three. Yeah. So we're good. So, yeah, you can fit it in there. I'm sorry. Yes. So I'm going to put all of my valuables inside there to be stored. And now I weigh significantly less, or rather I'm carrying significantly less. Okay. So you put all of your valuables. All right. Yes, that's true. You have not made a sale with the chain shirts. I didn't sell anything. You didn't. Okay. I didn't sell anything. I got Ah. quotes. I got quotes from everyone. And you were like, all of these shopkeepers now hate you because you're just getting quotes from them and not giving them any goods and you're wasting their time. That's true. You did waste a lot of my time. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. All right. So yes, Charles Smoot, you put away all of your things, all of the excess goods that you don't really need, and you begin making your way downstairs, recalling that it's possible today is when John might be returning from another rescue mission. Uh, with that information, I would uh, knock on front of your door to see if he's awake. All right. So the door would, uh, I guess uh, I'll open the door. I am all ready to go. Backpack. Uh, I'm convinced this is adventure day where we're going on a quest. Okay. My, my hair is done. I've, I, I, I've checked myself in uh, in the mirror if I have one. Uh, maybe taking out a blade sharpened up and maybe giving a little shave if I, if Finnevere can grow hair. I don't think he can. I think he has like a little bit of scruff, but it's never quite grown out the way you wanted it to. Oh, he'll, he'll fix up his scruff. Yeah, so this is what you see. All right, then. We got to make our way down to the med bay. Down by where the rabbits are. All right. Check and see if the party has come back today. Otherwise, it's quest day. Has CC decided what we're doing yet? Ah, we'll meet up with her. All right. I'm sure she's doing something responsible. Sounds like CC. That doesn't sound like CC at all. If anything, you're sure that she's doing something irresponsible. Uh, So, you boys begin heading downstairs. Meanwhile, CC in a room. How irresponsible. What a millennial. Still sleeping. You wouldn't know that, but this is this is for me for fun. Okay. So, with the hope of another returned rescue, you begin hurriedly making your way down towards the den, following the long hallway. 
into the side door of the keep. As you are reaching towards the end of the hall, getting ready to open the door, you see as it bursts open, and there are a flurry of healers, seekers, and invalids rushing past you, pushing by. They seem to be in a hurry and in some sort of panic. Oh, that looks like our cue. This is probably either going to be really good or really bad. Smoot would rush off after them. What does that mean? There's people going in every direction. Are they going towards us? They're coming in from outside. The door burst open. What's going on? Is someone hurt? You yell after one of the healers, and you see somebody briefly stop, and they quickly say, The buck is rampaging! We had to evacuate everyone! The buck is rampaging? Alright, so I charge into the room knowing that there are sick people who can't really help themselves. Alright, so you charge out the door outside to the top of the stairs. I charge towards the... I charge into danger! Okay. <laughs> uh, I would follow after him to I, uh, go see what this I, rampaging buck's about. I, I am assuming that this thing is rampaging where sick people are. You can see as you go outside that there are a number of people that are making their way up the long set of stairs. Some people uh, with broken legs are being helped along by other people who are able to use both of them. You can see that there are a good number of people. And like you asked, you can roll a perception check. A whopping 15 for Charles Smith. A whopping 15? A whole whopping 15. I will try to remember my uh, my curse. Uh, but that so applied, 22. All right. Both of you, you see that the path leading down the side seems almost steeper to you as a foreboding sensation tingles at the back of your necks. With each step closer, a distinct screeching reaches your ears, growing louder, along with a series of thuds coming from inside the den. The pungent musk of the rabbits has permeated the entirety of this hole as your eyes are greeted by the now-tattered cover of the cloth once draped over the stable door. Cots, basins, blankets, and shattered wood litter the floor of the room, and along the walls you note there are large streaks of blood mixed into the dirt and stone walls. Although it appears that the room was hurriedly abandoned and there is no one left in the main recovery bay, you both see that... The room, as I said, is in shambles. It appears that the door that was leading to the stable has been widened a bit. You hear the shrieking continue to echo from deeper inside the den, where tumultuous thudding brings small debris tumbling down from the ceiling. An acrid odor mixes in with the musk and wafts to your noses as you approach towards the tattered cloth. Smoot, come along. So the screeching sounds like people, right? The screeching does not sound like sounds people. Like animal. A raging buck that is in there? The people have been evacuated. Are you sure you want to go in? I understand you were concerned for the sick people, but this might be a little bit above your pay grade. Well, it doesn't seem that anyone's in danger, so... Well, uh, I mean, there could be people getting mauled by a giant buck back there or whatever. Well, you just had to say that... <laughs> uh, I, I get closer. I need to know before I leave. All right, so you get closer to the door, and you see as there's a small breeze coming from outside, moving inward... The tattered cloth that was hanging there sways to the side, and you can see that the narrow hallway has almost burst open and makes a much larger hole than was originally there, leading into the stables where the rabbits were, are, where the rabbits are. All right, Finn, I'm going in. Uh, stay close behind, and at the first sign of danger, you run. I got your back. Well, preferably not. I, like I said, the first sign of danger, run. Well, you're running too, right? We'll see how things go. Uh, Smoot charges in ahead. All right. Okay. I charge in behind. Um, as I do, I pull out my harmony lamp 
Okay. Uh, and I pull out my uh, my materials for uh, a specific potential, whether or not it's needed, we'll see, spell. Okay, I need to know what you pull out. Presumably sleep, yes? A pinch of wool. All right. So, both of you charge in ahead, rushing through this draped cloth. You actually feel as a bit of blood kind of smears onto your skin, Charles, as you push through the drape. And as you run through... You hear the sound of thuds and screeches get louder. And until you reach the end of the hall, you actually notice that there is, to the right, one of the stalls which appears to have been smashed and broken open. You hear something thud above you. Uh, it looks like school's out and all the rabbits are having a field day. Uh, hopefully there's only one violent one. Both of you make a perception check. Go. A whopping nine this time. A five. Is that with your minus two? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. How could I forget? As you guys start marching through, walking on the dirt, you, you hear the sloshing of mud beneath your feet. You don't really see very much beyond the broken stalls, but you do see that there seems to be wood shattered everywhere, and the screeching has grown louder. In fact, off in the corner, you see what appears to be a rabbit that is scurrying and appears to be trying to dig its way out. Uh, Fenivir, I don't think they want their uh, ambulances running away. Uh, you, can you subdue that one with a magic or like voodoo or something? I hold up my finger. One. Uh, I can try that once. Have you ever tried catching a giant rabbit before? I feel like it's not fun. Uh, I don't want them getting out. Preferably to whatever's causing the commotion is what I wanted to try this on. I, I understand. Uh, hopefully if we solve that problem, this one will solve itself too. Real quick, can I make a handle animal check just to attempt to calm this one in general to make it not run away? Sure, you may attempt to handle animal. You are at a negative because this creature is currently startled. Uh, how's a 23 handle animal sound? Charles Smoot, as you begin approaching towards this very large rabbit, about the size of a person, so to speak, you begin walking in, hearing the mud slosh beneath your feet, but you feel something drip down onto your skin as you approach and reach forward towards the rabbit. You can feel yourself make contact with its fur, but it flails about a bit in such a panic, and it actually seems to knock you over, and you land on your rump, and... You begin to look up, and as you do, you see that there appears to be a body of a rabbit hanging from above off of part of the stall, its blood dripping down into a pool beneath you. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't blame him for not being calm. I wouldn't be either. Uh, let's see if we can find out what caused this, and uh, we'll clean up later. Charles Smoot, uh, very startled, stands up and is going to leave the scene of this massacre, looking for whatever may have caused it. Charles, as you stand up, you hear the sloshing of the mud beneath you, and as you look down, you realize that it is not mud on its own. Rather, it's a pool of blood that you've landed in, and your character is currently covered in blood. And conversely, you also see that Finevere's feet are also covered in blood. Very masculine appearance, I will say. Hmm. Very, very masculine appearance, all right. You hear a gruff shout from deeper within, echoing across the walls. Your steps quicken, bringing you into the open, where you both see 
a massive creature looming in the dancing torchlight. The scent of wet fur, blood, and smoke fills your nostrils as you gaze at the large rabbit's backside. It appears larger than any of the other rabbits that you've seen. In fact, it's gigantic, standing at least two Charles Smooths tall. Quick question, literally gigantic? No, it would be considered large, but I've used the, the uh, right. adjective large several times here. Fair enough. Gigantic in comparison to a rabbit would be quite no, apt. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like comparable to the tiny size category of rabbit going up from small, medium, and then large. Uh, if only Taylor was here so he could say, big chungus. <laughs> <laughs> you see this very large, 12-foot-tall rabbit sitting, but all of a sudden, you see through its mottled fur and that is dyed crimson, as it raises itself on its haunches, standing out about 15 feet tall, you catch a brief glimpse of a smaller rabbit harnessed to a shattered cart, quivering in fear. Another shout rings out, this time calling for your attention. What does it say? It says, ahem. Fly, you fools. Fly, you fools. Now, what are you doing here? Get out now! Perception check, is this Absol, John Xavier? You may make perception. What manner of man are we dealing with? With a 23 perception check for Charles Smoot. 10 for Finn, if it's any consolation. Charles, as you turn your attention and your gaze, and Finneveria's, you do as well, you actually see that John is currently making his way towards you, currently carrying or having lean on himself, Yanral, who is limping. They are both making their way towards the exit in your direction. John appears panicked and is currently very busy but also warning you to get out. I try using my harmony lamp. What's the distance you have to be to the rabbit in order to use harmony lamp, I mean, Quentin? It's like 30 feet. It's a 30-foot radius sphere, Quentin. So, Charles, you are currently about 120 feet away from this very large rabbit. I think it would be best if we rolled initiative. Total 19 for Charles Smoot's initiative. Six. Okay. So, Charles Smoot... You are in the top of the round. You see before you that this very large rabbit is directly ahead, about 120 feet away. The room, however, make another perception check for me and see if you get some more information. 22 perception for Charles Smoot. You see that the room has a number of rabbit bodies scattered on the floor, creating some difficult terrain, but nothing is directly ahead of you blocking your path. You also see that over to the left, there appears to be a small weapons rack holding a few items. In case of emergencies, you assume there's a dagger, Morningstar, a blowgun, and Kumade. Just like one of those rake thingies. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm going to be ignoring all of those. Hey, listen, I put it there just in case, you guys. That's why I asked, did you leave your stuff? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, have, I never leave home without my great sword. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yes, it is your turn. Now, I know you pulled out your harmony lamp. Do you remember how it, what it is required to use it? Uh, my character certainly would, because he was shown how to use it. It would also be a, a use magic device check, presumably. Wasn't there just like a button or a switch you kind of just click on, and then like the it kind of opens up and produces light and scent? Who showed your character how to use it? I'm pretty sure I asked Hana, which is the name of the frog lady back in the town, which is now escaping me. Newern? Yeah, that one. I do believe it is a used magic device. Yeah. Are you trained in it yet? No. So I'm just going to hand it off to Penavir. You can use it. Um, 
because I was shown how to. As long as the relic has a DC of 10 to use, you can roll for it just in case you do something wrong. Since this is your first activation of it, um, let's just have you roll just in case. A total of seven. Charles Smoot, you fiddle around with it for a moment, but you find that you can't remember exactly how to activate it. You remember there might have been a button here and then maybe something else, but when you press the initial button, you forget the rest of the steps, but you're really close. We'll get them next time. You'll get them next time. Do you I did, I did move forward, yeah, 40 feet. Okay, so you begin approaching about 40 feet? Yep. Make another perception check. Well, that's a nice high roll. I would have liked that on the Harmony Lamb. Um, that's a total of 24 on my perception. Okay. Charles, you see that as this creature's eyes kind of flick back towards you, hearing you walk in its direction, you notice crimson eyes glaring at you from its side through wild and mangy fur. A low grumble trills in its throat. The beast turns and you see protruding from the center of this oversized Laporidae's head, which is this technical term for a rabbit. I'm just letting you know. It's kind of cool. Anyway. Shoot. What did I... Oh. <clears throat> A blood-streaked pointed horn with tatters of skin and fur dangling off of it. From the center of its head? So it's a unicorn rabbit? Ooh, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. The buck bellows loudly as it pounds down on the small rabbit in front of it, which lets out a final ear-piercing shriek, along with the sound of splintering wood, also accompanied by what sounds to be a woman's scream. Benavir, there are still civilians in here. Was that its turn, or is it also going to, like, murder me? Um... Give me a second. That was the flavor text. Because if it attacks, you know we drop in this harmony lamp and just swing him. I don't care if this is guild property. This is self-defense. Also XP. Okay. The rabbit then turns its attention towards you, slowly shifting its weight. It seems to posture at you, flicking its horn up in the air and shrieking loudly. It attempts to intimidate you into submission. It passes your DC. Ah, Finnevere, not friendly. Smooth oh. is visibly concerned now as the he has drawn the attention of this massive and quite terrifying beast. You think? Charles Smoot, with the shaken penalty, you take a minus two penalty to your attack rolls, saving throws, skill checks, and ability checks, I believe, for this round only. Is it till the top of its next round? Yes. You moved up 40 feet... Charles Smoot, you do appear to be shaken. Uh, so the rabbit seems to huff very loudly as it begins hopping towards you, but it doesn't approach fully. Again, begins posturing, but that would be the end of its turn. Vinevere, uh, Vere, it is your turn. Although you do hear the screeching of the rabbit, you see all the events before you take place. You hear the sound of a woman screaming again in front of Charles Smoot and Beyond the rabbit, it seems to come from the direction of the wagon. Uh, well, desperate times. Reconsidering this sleep thought, he'll reach in for his mirror and smash it against the wall. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> as he will cast uh, mirror image. Okay. So how many mirror images did you summon? Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, two plus one, so three. Okay. So there are... Four of you in total. Correct. Okay. Finnevere, as you smash the mirror against one of the stall posts, you see as it shatters that the pieces begin to actually shift. As they catch your reflection, you see these three large shards begin to form 
into copies of you, ethereal and mirrored. All right, so I'll start yelling at it. Uh, I'll do my own intimidate. Come get some ugly. Classic. Okay. Uh, so you scream, come get some ugly. Yep. That would not be an intimidate. That is more of a provoke. Because you can't, you can, uh, there, is, there are Is that also something you can do with the intimidate skill? I believe so, yeah. You can coerce an opponent. <laughs> could argue that's maybe more of a diplomacy. <laughs> Come get some ugly. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's fine if you want to say that. I was just going to say that's less intimidating, more like inviting trouble. It's like um, taunting. But I'm fine if you want to make that as the role. So come get some ugly does seem to disturb the rabbit as it looks up and it sees that there are four of you screaming almost like an echo. Come get some ugly. It appears to be shaken. You see before you, Finnevere, that John is currently making his way with Yonral, attempting to move him to a safer location. He's relatively close to you at this point, but still not very close to the exit. All right. Both of you make a perception check. 23 for Charles Smooth. 15 for Finnevere. You both see as Absol actually is running in the background. You actually see him dart behind some stalls. He seemed to have been checking a rabbit initially, but he is now currently running up to a set of stairs that are all the way at the back of the room. He has just joined the combat round, FYI. Very exciting. But in addition to that, you see as some of the rubble from the crushed cart begins to move and you actually see a small woman's hand peek out until you actually also see that it is Kelsey climbing out from within the <sighs> rubble. Kelsey joins the fray. Huzzah. Man, can you imagine if we were like, ah, oh, no, this is ain't our business. <laughs> now we are at the top of the round. Charles Smooth, the rabbit is currently within 30 feet of you, posturing, and it looks like it's about ready to pounce on you. Um, Charles Smooth would pose the question, is lethal force authorized? Looking towards Absol and John Xavier. John does not respond as he is currently just trying to get out of the room. He is not paying attention to you. Fair enough. But you see as Absol running up the stairs, do you just say that quietly or is it a oh, shout? No, I'm shouting it. Okay. You hear as Absol yells back, preferably not. All right. I will attempt to activate the harmony lamp one more time. All right. Please roll your use magic device. Uh, we have minus two. Uh, we're still good. Uh, a total of 14. Okay. You are able to activate the harmony lamp. You see that the center of the lamp seems to glow, and you see a small orb uh, as the almost sides of the thing open and split. You see a warm glow emanate from it, creating a warm light 30 feet around you, surrounding both you and the large rabbit. And I will attempt to make a handle animal check to at least make it uh, not attack on sight. Okay. You are at the bonus from the Harmony Lamp, but you are also at a negative because you are in combat with this creature. I never did anything. Well, actually, you're not really at a... The, the, the DC is relatively high. A 19 total handle animal. Okay. So this creature is considered hostile to you. So I'm going to use uh, Diplomacy's rules for that. Okay. Even with the Harmony Lamp's aid... You find that this creature is not responding to your... What What are you doing to try and calm it just as a question? Walking towards it slowly and reassuredly, trying to, like, gesture for it to, like, lay and calm down. So you're reaching your hands out? Slightly, yes. Okay, so Charles Smoot, unfortunately, as you reach your hands out carrying the Harmony Lamp with the hopes that you will be able to calm this creature, you find that it is not accepting of your gesture. And in fact, it growls 
low at you, and it seems the fur on the back of its hackles seem to stand up as a spike of fear and rage seem to spread through it. Well, if it hurts my Kelsey, it's going to experience some rage, all right. My barbarian rage. Well, Charles Smoot, don't you worry. It isn't going after Kelsey. Currently, you are the most threatening thing in the room near it. I'm a big boy with a lamp. Notorious for being menacing. Charles Smoot, the rabbit, growls. You hear this low, trilling sound coming from deep within its throat, and you see that it launches itself towards you, charging at you. It is making a charge attack, and it is going to try and gore you with an impaling charge. That sounds like we're hurt. Hmm. What is your AC? Bad. Slightly better than I'm not raging. Uh, total of 11. It hits. I'm certain it does. Charles Smoot, you feel as this horn pierces into your side, and actually, you feel yourself get lifted up, and it is attempting to also make a grapple check against you with the horn to hold you in place. I'm fine with this. Fun fact, both parties in a grapple obtain the grappled position, and on each turn, you can attempt to counter-grapple the grappler to then assume the position of grappley. How? Oh, it's a one kind of backward smoot logic. <laughs> <laughs> this is Quentin's grapple flow chart in his head. I can just, you know, I got him right where I want him. <laughs> Are you insane? I'm like upside down, grabbing it by its neck. What is your CMD? Uh, currently only a 15. You feel yourself be lifted up on this horn, and you are currently stuck in place. Perfectly fine. You're in the air, impaled, and you are going to take this app can roll damage. Hey, Quinn. Yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. You take 20 damage. We're fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Finn. I got him right where I want him. Are you insane? Absol is still running up the stairs. He does make it to the top floor. He seems to be reaching out for something. He hears you shout, Charles Smoot, and he screams back, Hold on! You see as Kelsey stands up and brushes herself off. She sees you, Charles, be lifted up in the air. Mr. Smoot! Kelsey, currently unequipped. Kelsey! Kelsey! Very concerned look. She should not be here. Well, I am here, Mr. Smoot, and you're in trouble. She runs towards the weapons rack, and when she gets there, she seems to pick up the dagger. Huzzah. She is now currently only 30 feet away from Finnevere. But Finnevere, it is your turn. Uh, it is my turn, and uh, I'm running out of things that seem viable. Uh, I'll take that uh, still uh, out wool, and I will attempt to cast sleep. I think uh, someone said it was a free action to intimidate to reduce someone's saving throws. You may attempt to demoralize the opponent. Fourteen. It appears to be again shaken by the... Uh, I'll say something to the effect of, Now listen to me, big brawn and scary. More of a compliment. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, little monster. Is that an intimidate? It was an intimidate. Utilizing a compliment, followed up by a lullaby in the casting of sleep. Uh, this is a, the, the equivalent of your mother telling you to go to bed. <laughs> the... The rabbit appears, while although there is somebody currently grappled on its head, it appears to be shaken, not due to fear, but out of pure confusion about the fact that something is singing to it. But did it go to sleep? Your wool dissipates in your hands as you begin to sing your song, and you see as the sweet aura of the song floats towards it and almost around its head. But, unfortunately, um, Charles Smoot, you also need to make a will save. 
because it is one or more living creatures within a 10-foot radius burst. Let's go. Let's see if I go to sleep. And it's up to four hit dice of creatures. Oh, I'm dead asleep. Wait, can you be slept if you're being hurt? I don't know. If I'm taking damage, can you sleep me? No, but now you're helpless. Uh, yes, Slapping you can. or wounding awakens an affected creature, but you are currently just gored. You're not taking Let's any go. more damage. I don't get a turn. You are helpless. Okay, well, I'm going to get coup de grad. Nice, nice campaign. Good seeing you. Um, good job, Jaden. You've successfully oh. 1v1'd me. Well, that could only work if it had less hit dice than four, and the rest of the hit dice encompassed your entire level. Creatures with the fewest hit dice are affected first. Oh, oh, well, heck. Nice. So, Charles Smoot, your teammate has made sure that you have a peaceful <laughs> demise. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. I brought my backup character sheet. Don't worry. It is a level three monk. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, well, this lasts one minute per level until you take or some more damage. Taking damage, yeah. Or awakened with one standard action. I feel like I'm going to be taking the damage first, I gotta say. We will see. This was a well thought through plan. I liked it. Yeah, no, flawless in execution. I'm quite the distraction, I gotta say. Really big mix of emotions coming out of me. Um, surprise, fear, anger, surprise again as soon as I saw Kelsey, and now I'm just tuckered out and tired. Yeah, but I don't want to kill your character, my guy! Campaign's over, character's dead. So you automatically hit and score a critical roll damage. That's only if it does coup de gras, but... Why wouldn't it? This thing has been shown to murder ruthlessly other rabbits and fling them around on the ceiling. Alright, Charles Smoot, are you ready? I'm prepared. Okay. Charles Smoot, you are currently asleep and helpless. You, however, upon the next moment, feel yourself be flung into the air almost against a stable wall. You take 17 damage. If the defender survives the damage, you must make a fortitude save. DC 10. (laughs) Never mind. You know what? Don't do that, please. Plus the damage dealt. No, 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 no. Or die. No, 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 no. It was 17 damage, right? Yes. Quentin... That's an impossible roll. What do you mean? It's a 27. Is What's your fortitude? Eight. And I rolled a 19. I made it. Legitimately. Don't withhold your coup de grace. I ex- challenge accepted. Wait, I don't want to be... Literally, my campaign would be the only one where I've killed you twice. <laughs> Both to a gore attack. I know. I know. Oh, you're silly if you think I'm not charging back in. Okay. So, Charles Moot, your character... There's uh, no way you're you're still conscious, right? Oh yeah, I've got three HP left, and that's before <laughs> I go into barbarian rage. Then I'll have eleven. Congratulations, Charles Smoot! As your body is flung across the room, you actually wake up as you make impact with one of the beams. You hear it shatter, and your body thuds to the ground. You are awake, <laughs> and you have survived. Don't worry, Finn. I've got him right where I want him. Mister Smoot! You hear Kelsey shout. And, um, well, you also hear as Absol shouts down, Bring him back my way! Well, Charles Smoot, you are now within 30 feet of Kelsey and 60 feet of Finnevere. Congratulations! Let's go! And it appears that John has made his way out of the room. Uh, Kelsey runs over to you. Charles, are you okay, Mr. Smoot? That is a really bad injury. We, we need to get you treated. We should leave. No, no. We're, we're here to help. She sighs heavily. All right. Get the potion out of my bag. Potion? Okay. So she reaches into your bag and pulls out your Cure Light Wounds potion, and she gives it to you. Oh, she gives it to me. Sight. 
Uh, heal a whole whopping five. Kelsey sighs. Oh, are you okay, Mr. Smoot? Did that help? Uh, it's like taking Tylenol when a unicorn rabbit stabs you in the gut. What is that thing? I think I described it aptly. Right. Mr. Finnevere? Mr. Finnevere, it is your turn. Uh, uh, on it, um... Uh, well, I'll do the best I can and distract the creature, then I will use my bard class skill and and I'll use fascinate on just it. Uh, what do you do to fascinate this creature? Because it is definitely failing that save. Well, you know, it is going to do all these grunts and gurs and gars and I will perform in like kind. I'm going to do a growling competition, kind of like a crying competition with a baby, but it's a growling competition with a unicorn monster. Its ears perk up as you begin making these strange sounds at it. It appears to tilt its head, confused. Its eyes soften a little bit. And it seems to be fascinated by you. As long as the bard continues to maintain it, so long as the creature is not threatened. All right, then, Finnevere, you have fascinated this rabbit. Charles Smoot, top of the round, it is to you. Yeah, I go into my bag, I grab a health potion, and I drink it. Okay. On a scale of one to hurting, how hurting are you? Uh, now? Not that bad. How hurting were you? Um, I had three HP left before the two health potions. <laughs> we're, we're now, like, a little less than half. We're fine. I, I think he's healed almost one Finnevere's worth of I HP. Have, <laughs> I've healed about a Finnevere. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like a, a, a half a Finnevere. How much HP do you have? 19. I've healed about half a Finnevere. I definitely took... Two Finnevere's worth of damage, though. Uh, Charles Smoot, I need you to roll just a straight d20. We're competing with initiatives here. Excuse me? Who's fighting me? You almost uh, you slapped somebody. You don't get to know. It's Mr. Question Mark. Um, yeah, six. Okay. Oh, I want to beat Mr. Mr. Question Mark. How dare he step in? <laughs> <laughs> Intervene. Okay. He's on a whole nother slab. He's on he, a whole he, nother slab. He's got his own slab. It's another level of one-upping you. It's a whole other level of one-upping. Hate that. <laughs> I don't know why you hate this man so much. What do you anyway. mean this is the exact reason? Well, at Always least... Always tries to outdo people. I mean, he actually has an official last name this time. All right. So, uh, Charles Smoot, it would be top of the round, but not to you this time, because you hear as John comes running back in, you hear as his arrows are clattering against the side of his hip in their holster, and he seems to be stringing his bow as he runs out. But that is his turn. It is... Now your turn, Charles Smoot. Yeah, I drank the health potion. Would have been my turn. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, next up. Rabbit, who's fascinated? It's sitting there and politely watching his performance until the performance ends. I can keep this up all day. It gets a will save if anybody attempts to attack it, though. Actually, no. It, its fascination breaks if something attacks it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. No one's attacked it yet. Okay, so it continues to stare at... Benavir. And it actually seems to be like following your body movements with its head. You don't know if that's a dangerous situation to be in at this point, but you're hopeful. Oh, I'm desperate. <laughs> As you continue to do this strange fascination dance, it's almost like a mating dance, honestly. That's probably why it's fascinated with you. Who knows? Quick question. Yes. When I was gored and suspended in midair and then flung, did my harmony lamp drop onto the ground and is still in the area affecting the rabbit? When you dropped it, it stopped functioning. Aw, oh, gee darn it. It's fair enough. It probably broke on impact. I will say this. 
Vinevere, as you continue with this strange, what I'm going to call mating dance at this point, because I think yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, we're called mating dance. Yeah. It's probably why it's confused. It's uh, you, measuring me up. You hear a small, a slight whistling sound, and then a very tiny thud. And you see as the rabbit all of a sudden lurches forward, and then its body falls to the side. And both of you can make a perception check. 17 for Charles Smith. Of course, this is where I roll decent. Uh, that would be a 21. You see that Absol, up on the platform, good distance away, holding what appears to be a bow, has released something, which then thunked into the back of the rabbit, causing it to now fall over and fall asleep. And that is the end of combat. Uh, I'll run over, and I'd like Finnevere thinks that any loud noise might wake me up. I'm like, oh, gosh, dang it, Smoot. Uh, I take out a flower and just crumble the bits and do cure light wounds. Okay. Charles Smoot, as this flower is crushed in his hands and he sprinkles the flower petals over top of you, you see them as they lose their life. They begin to wither until they turn into dust, which then falls over top of you, creating a, a greenish light, which heals you. A total of eight. Uh, ignore me. Uh, Kelsey, are you all right? I'm fine. Describe fine. Last time I saw you, you were, well, heard of you, you fell down a cliff and were, how are you? What's happened? Well, apparently I'm alive. That's... That, that's good. Yes, that's good, but... Are you injured? No, I think, I think I'm okay. I don't really have any... I just have some scratches, but that's about it. Here, here, take, take my health potion. I don't need the health potion, Mr. Smoke. Neither do I. I'm, I'm you fine. have a hole in your side. Oh, it's fine. Those heal. I don't... And she kind of starts, like, seeing, like, little tears well up in her eyes. She's like, don't ever do something like that again. You just charged at a rabbit with a horn. A unicorn rabbit. A unicorn rabbit. You're crazy. Seconded that. John approaches over. Why did you stay? I told you to run. Oh, why'd you leave Kelsey underneath a cart to die? He was doing his best, Smoot. Yeah, I know. Well, I answered his question as to why I charged him. <laughs> That's a bluff. What do you mean? You didn't see her initially. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> bluff. This is, it's failing Smoot 15. memory. What was, it, what was the roll? 15. Purchase Charles Smoot's bluff. Yes, well, it's regrettable. I do apologize about that, my dear. It's all right. I was worried about Yonral too. Is he okay? More than fine. But I'm glad that you all made it out. Mostly all right. He looks you up and down. We'll get you patched up. Uh, it's just another scar to add to the collection. Well, that is certainly one way to look at it. A good way indeed. We're very lucky that Absol's a good shot. Ah, I would have had him. I had him right where I want him, on the ropes. John laughs at that. Kelsey smacks you on the back of your head. That's not funny, Mr. Smoot. Mr. Finnevere, you really have to watch after him when I'm not here. Oh, there's only so much I can do. I'm a little faster than him, I gotta say. Even in my old age, he's a little slow. Oh, she begins to look around. Where's everybody else? Cece, thankfully not here. Uh, she's somewhere upstairs, probably in a room or picking out a quest. <laughs> that sounds like her. And as for the other two, uh, they're as missing as you were up until a few moments ago. Well, Mest is probably fine. He has some personal matters to deal with, I think. But he should be back. 
Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna be fine. <laughs> What's going on over here? Sense motive. Are, are you lying? I, I rolled bluff. I have to. It was a two. He passes. Yeah. Wait. Wait, does that mean we passed? Uh, we did. Yeah, you did, technically. Uh, we were, thanks to everyone's combined efforts. We brought your medal back, and all of us were able to pass. You even ranked higher than Finevere. I did. Wait, why? Uh, well, uh, someone doesn't appreciate my abilities, uh, but we'll see about uh, changing that. <laughs> John also laughs at this. He tries to stifle it initially, and then he can't hold it. <laughs> yes, well, depends on how useful you were during the uh, trial, which is dependent upon what Nora was feeling at the time, so it might not be very fair, but that's what Eden decided. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Lord Eden. All right, well, let's uh, get somewhere less uh, rabbit unicorny, as you say. A rabbicorn. Yes, you all can head out of here. Absol and I will have to take care of this. Yeah, while we're going, I was like, well, they're actually in the poor days, but, yeah, you don't, know. Don't thank us too much. Kelsey, come on. Let's go find Cece. Let's go get you taken care of. Where? Do, where's there, like, a, is there a place for medicine? Yeah, you're in it. Wait. <laughs> What? This this was it. It will be it again. Well, eventually. Uh, let's get you some something to eat. We'll talk more we'll about it. We'll fill you in. You do hear her stomach growl loudly when you mention food. Oh, you're right. I haven't eaten in about two days. So, you guys begin making your way back. You actually do see that Yonral is currently sitting on one of the cots in the recovery bay. He is awake. Sitting there appears to be a bit shaken. And as you walk by, he speaks up. Oh, young lady, are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks, it's... Hopefully, uh, you'll be okay, too. <sighs> I'm tired. Can I scavenge the room for any bandages or, like, medicine? Sure. I, I think the word is steal. He wants to scavenge. I, I think his wording scavenge. is... Scavenge. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Oh, is he doing it not in front of us? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's just kind of... As this conversation is going on between Yonral and Kelsey, it's a very awkward conversation. 15 perception check to see if I can find any medicine. Charles Smoot is starting to uh, dig around in the rubble. Are you trying to disguise it at all? Not in the slightest. Okay, so he is very obviously... Yeah, if I can find a health potion, oh, no, no, no. I'll walk up to Smoot and pull him back by the weight of his wound. <clears throat> is it customary uh, for you people to stop someone from looking for supplies to tend to themselves? Well, Mr. Finnevere, just let him. I'm very worried about that wound. It's deep. It went all the way through. I'm surprised he's standing. Well, let's see if we can find some disinfectant. That's what I'm looking for. So Finnevere begins also digging through in a very positive way thinking about this that he is borrowing and will one day repay this place. Uh, they uh, no, me. no, no. They owe me for this. <laughs> they owe me for this, too. What do you think I'm doing? Ah, uh, you're right. You're I right. We're, we're even, if anything. You do find what appears to be a bottle of purified alcohol. Oh, this is gonna hurt. Do I find any bandages? There are plenty of bandages. Some dirty, some clean. I will take the clean bandages. Mm. I will attempt to sterilize the wound and then also bandage my sides to limit any bleeding that is happening. Okay. Do I need to make a heal check? Am I bleeding? Yes. You need to make a heal check. The bleeding seems to have stopped with much of the healing. 
That is a total 25 heal check. Remember, I am a biology teacher. Charles Smooth, to brace yourself for the uh, pain that you're about to undergo. I bite on something. Well, you set back up one of the cots, and then you lay down on it to get yourself a better pouring angle, or else it's just gonna, you know, go out the other side. You, you stuff up the backside a little bit, and you bite down on a piece of cloth as you begin to pour the alcohol on the wound. Oh, yeah, that, that's rich. And you manage to wrap around yourself the bandages. It doesn't appear that you're bleeding any longer, it definitely stings, though. You might need stitches, but this will have to do. Yonral turns to you as you're doing this, and he watches you momentarily. And as you get up and prepare to leave, he says, uh, I'm sorry about what we went through earlier. Might I ask you, where is my uh, Valen and Farron? Have you seen them? Uh, yes, uh, we actually went to the rest of the trial together, most more or less. Coming to the same regrettable realization. They, uh, they should be safely up in their quarters. He smiles and he has this, like, this just very happy look on his face. This is an older gentleman with some gruff hair and some graying in his beard. He seems to be very pleased by this news. And you hear him say, not so quietly, but assumingly to himself, Yes, like his father. Uh, or if you two made it, um, is there any news on Taylor? You see as Yonral shakes his head and Kelsey looks somber for a moment. I'm sorry, I don't know. I just remember falling and then the next moment there was a loud crashing sound and then I didn't really see what happened. And, well, when I woke up, I could barely move and I couldn't see much, but I did hear someone nearby. That was probably me, groaning in pain, but at least we made it. But I did not hear anything of your other friend. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he's okay, but maybe you ask John. He might have seen something. Uh, John's taking care of whatever Rattlecorn's doing right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I really do hope that Alan's okay. Uh, only time will tell. For today, we'll be grateful for what we have. And hey, two out of three is not that bad. If it was my class and everyone scored that poorly, I'd probably give it a curve and you'd all pass. A what? What, what do you mean by a curve? Don't worry uh, about it, Yonral. He's an old school teacher. Very curmudgeon-y. Hey, I always like to think I was very lenient. Outgoing with my students. Well, I was raised that leniency breeds laziness, but we can have that debate uh, over some food. Uh, hopefully we can have that with Kelsey. Right. Uh, I mean, well, with Cece. Uh, I'm right here, don't maybe, worry. Maybe getting gored with the, by the Uni Rabbit did a little bit more to me than I thought. Let's make our way back upstairs. After hearing that from you, Kelsey is now very carefully trying to assist you upstairs. She's very worried, it seems. Yeah, the Alzheimer's is sitting in. Yano just says, Oh, don't worry about me. I'll be here, waiting. Well, if we see your party, we'll tell them that you're here. Do you want to make your way back up with us? Um. Nor last time we saw them, they were in the mess hall as well. Might be able to catch them. If you wouldn't mind. If you're able to. And he looks at Finnevir a little dubiously. You're right. I'd probably be more helpful than him, given his constitution. It's all right. Just let my lord... Let Valen know that I'll be waiting for him here. 
That's no way to treat someone in need. Come on. We're all daisy chained together. Oh, uh, okay. Kelsey, I can, I'm old, I'm not disabled. I don't know about that. You have some very senior moments, Mr. Smoot. That's mental. My physicality's fine. All right, well, here, Yanra, I'll support you on this side and- I'll walk on my own. Wait, Mr. Smoot, I can't carry him as you start walking uh, away. Of course. And I will attempt to support Yonral on my not-gored side. Okay. Yeah, it would be on your uh, right side. Which side would you prefer it to happen on? Right? Left? I hit it with my... I think I'm left-handed, so hit it on my right. Oh, okay, my sure. My non-dominant side. Sure. You got, you got hit on the right side with the horn, so... Uh, yeah, you have a hole there. It'll turn into a really nice deep scar. Yeah, well. It'll be like guts. Oh, let's go. Hmm. So... You begin making your way upstairs with Finevere trailing behind, singing a relatively jaunty and happy tune. He is now reunited with his Kelsey and the uh, kind of new acquaintance friend, Yanral. And you guys make it back upstairs into the guild hall. Isn't this nice, peaceful music? That's how I expected the morning to start. Nice, peaceful music, not with a giant murderous rabbit. Uh, You know, I read a book about a rabbit like that once. A bunch of knights going on a quest. <laughs> one. Every one of them died. Kelsey just turns to Charles. Is he talking about... It lives. <laughs> oh, it was fiction. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, indeed it was. So Pontymython and the Moldy Trail shall go on in history. Oh my god. If anything survived, I'm glad it was that. It was the duck song and that. I mean... Wait, does that mean anything regarding ducks lived? I've got a lovely bunch of yarn do 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 Oh my god. It's just the classics. It, it really is just the classics. So you guys make it back up into the keep, and you see that the room is not as busy as it normally has been in the past. You actually also notice that the cafeteria has cleared out, and it's about um, late morning at this point. Do I see any of the healers? You do. You see a number of healers sitting at a table. A lot of them just seem to be worn out. They're all seemingly having a drink of some kind. You also do see some of the injured members, but a lot of them seem to have left in general. I I, I look at the healers, and I point towards the injured people, and then I lift my... Well, I don't even need to lift my shirt. There's going to be a giant hole in my shirt. Is this the place for where any gorings should belong? Three of them vomit. <laughs> this is a cafeteria, Mr. Smoot. <clears throat> oh my, sir. Oh my god. Are you all right? Do you need treatment? You... Over here. We have an emergency. And you have like... What? No, I just walked up the stairs. I'll be fine. You have five people swarm you. Um... Oh, Jesus. No, this isn't what I asked for. They actually pull out what appears to be like a little gurney, like a hand-carried gurney, and they try to like make you lay down on it. To pick I already up. sterilized the wound. It's bandaged. So you need stitches. Probably a good idea. I didn't want to do those right then and there, though. So they are trying to convince you to um, let them essentially operate on you as long as the area is clear, which they actually pause and they think about for a moment. This isn't a sterile location. What kind of what kind of B-rate doctors are you? Doctors? I'm sorry, he's... Doctors? We haven't even gone to school. Oh, God, I don't know if I want them operating on me. Maybe I'd be better doing the stitches myself. <laughs> I'm just the assistant, sir. 
who is the medical professor? Who, who's the primary healer here? Smoot, stop curmudgeoning the doctors. Mr. Smoot, they have a lot of experience in treating wounds in a, in a place with little to no sterile environments. I think that just means more people get infected and die, Kelsey. That may be true, Mr. Smoot. Maybe we shouldn't have them treat you. You know what? He's going to be fine. I have a... I'll get a needle and a semi-thread and I'll fix it. I I think I can. I've sewed some dresses before. It shouldn't be that difficult. I, I've had worse than this. I'll sleep it off. Uh, I, I do have some suturing materials and uh, a healer's kit I carry with me. All right. Oh, I forgot. You're also covered in blood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Head to toe. Yeah, so you, you do hear that a lot of people are murmuring and they're very concerned. They do start making their way back towards the um, exit. Can Finevier tie Dewo himself and brush his hair again? Sure. Finevier is now looking spick and span. Meanwhile, the very curmudgeonly, very dirty Mr. Smoot. Kelsey and Yonra all stand beside him. Initially proud at like his very manly state of being like covered in blood with a hole in his chest. Um, this is everything he ever wanted to live up to. Uh, he is now coming to the drastic realization. This was my only white shirt. It was one of a kind. I'll never find another one like this. <laughs> Mr. Smoot, isn't that just a, um, what do they call those, wife beaters? No, 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 it, 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 it had sleeves and stuff. This is a whole fruit of the loom here. You don't understand. Oh, it's this quality clothing maker of uh, from where you come from? My wife got me this for Christmas. Oh, well, I, I do have some good news for you, Mr. Smoot. When a hole is made in a shirt with a, a puncture, it doesn't lose any material. All of it should still be there. Yeah, if you can find it with the rest of my spleen back there, that'd be appreciated. Well, I don't know. Uh, I probably could do some more healing today, or I could probably fix that shirt. Well, is that even a question? You fix the shirt. <laughs> Mr. Smoot, that is not... And as she's saying that, you hear a very familiar voice. Mr. Smoot! Cece comes running. If she tackle hugs me. She tackle hugs you. I would fall over, and I don't even need to feign being injured. I just am injured and am in pain. Okay, love you too, Cece. So you fall over, partially supporting Yonral, who also then falls over, bringing Kelsey down to the floor as well. Can I try oh. to catch any of them? Can you support any of their body weight? <laughs> Just Kelsey. <laughs> sure, you can roll a reflex to try and catch Kelsey. <laughs> Wait, hold on. It's my best step. You're at a minus two. <laughs> You're at a minus two as well. Oh, hold on, hold on. No! What was the total, Quentin? This Crit failed. <laughs> One plus eight minus two, so seven. So, Finevere, as you go to catch Kelsey, your hands slip. And on top of that, you feel yourself get pulled down by her weight and everyone else's weight. And you also fall on the ground. <laughs> All five of you are laying on the ground. Mr. Smoot, why are you covered in blood? Uh, my most humble apologies, Cece. Uh, we seem to have gone on an accidental quest without you. How dare you! But we brought Kelsey back. Kelsey! Hi. It's nice to see you again. Uh, it's been a very long two days. I'm very hungry. Me too. I have been waiting for everyone to get back so that we can all eat breakfast together, and I would like to tell you what my decision has been. You know, so long as they have bacon, this morning will all be worth it. I... 
pull out my greatsword and start using it almost as a walking stick, balancing on it, you know, on the ground. And I just like hobble my way into the nearest stand. So you go into the buffet area. It's not all you can eat, Quentin. Dang it. (laughs) Uh, But you go into the buffet area and you see that there appears to be late breakfast items. Not hot anymore, but there does seem to be bacon and sausages and eggs and fruits of varying shapes and sizes. You get bacon today. I, I, is there anyone manning the stand? It appears that there are some people who are essentially leaning back against one of the bars uh, in the kitchen. I hobble up. Not so fast, Mr. Smoot. I think you've filled your Smoot at people quota for the day. I, I will go get you some food. No, no, what no, do no, you no. want? No. All right, Finnegan. I want you to understand. Just get me all of the bacon and eggs they have. Okay. Um. Kelsey pauses as she hears you say that. No. No, Mr. Smoot, don't do this. I don't think you heard me. I said all the bacon and eggs that they have. No, Mr. Finnevere, you don't understand. He really does mean all the bacon and eggs that they have. Uh, is this... I'll see what I can do. Uh... Uh, I'll go up to the stand and see I, what... I, as he's walking away, I put my hand on his shoulder and I just say, Thank you. You're doing the Lord's work. Is, is bacon a religious thing for Americans? I, I just like, it's just the softest muttering, basically a thought bubble. <laughs> so, uh, Charles Smoot, you take a seat at the table and Yonral makes his way up onto the table himself, leaning against I, I it. I try and help him. Uh. Well, I must say that you have a very lively bunch here. And he essentially sits with you guys to breakfast. Finnevere, you make this request. Roll diplomacy. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna take my inspired roll today. I feel like I've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> you hush. I hush. Yeah, what's the better of the two options? Five or three? <laughs> <laughs> I like the outcome. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that's a 15. You go up to the counter. There's a little bell. Uh, <clears throat> hello. Uh, I would like to get as much bacon and eggs as I am allowed. The guy, one of the guys behind the counter walks up. Oh, you just want what you can have. All right. He I, goes. I, as much as I can get. As, didn't you just, you said have as much as you're allowed. Yes. Okay. All right. So he goes over and he scoops out three pieces of bacon and two ladles of eggs. Uh, I'm actually getting for um, a few different people. So uh, are they like serving plates or trays that I can carry multiple plates or am I making multiple trips? Oh, why did you say so? So he goes and he grabs you a tray. Um, so what else do you need? What do you want? Uh, I'll pick out an assortment of uh, mostly uh, eggs and sausage and stuff, but also if they have any biscuits and fruit, I'll take that too. Okay. He gets you an assortment of these foods, being very stingy about how much bacon, eggs, and sausage he gives. And then he says, all right, that'll be, let's see how that's all together, silver piece. All right, I will pay him his silver piece. All right, glad to see you back today. Glad to be back. And you see as he smiles and scratches at his very shortcut beard, and he adjusts his chef's cap. Thank you much. So, uh, like, did I get enough for the table? Because I intended to pay for Yonrel's meal as well. Yes. Okay. I perceptive check as he's walking back. 
You obviously see that there is a plate and several plates of bacon and sausage and eggs and also some other things that you did not ask for. But you also see that there are only five plates and you still smell bacon being cooked in the back. Can I stealth? Sure. You're uh, in plain I, view of everyone. I'm pretty sure Dang, unless you have Hellcat no, stealth. No, then yes, I can't. Um, I will attempt to... I assume this is, like, cafeteria style. There are, like, long, big tables, and, like, there are rows and everything. Yes. I'm going, as Finnevere is walking down a chosen specific row, I'm going to stand up and try and hobble my way around down a different row to get towards the kitchen area. Oh, Mr. Smoot, where are you going? I'll be right back. I've got to use the little boy's room. Oh, well, it's that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking the scenic route. Oh, I didn't know there was a scenic route. Okay. (laughs) All right. So... Charles, you uh, get up and start hobbling your way over there. Vinavere, you're coming back, and you see that Charles has gotten up from the table, and he seems to be moving in your direction in a different row. I'm like, ah, 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 limit curmudgeonly. Uh, I, I, I will. I'm just going to the bathroom, Vinavere. I'll, I'll meet you at the table. I, you better. Mr. Vinavere, I'm hungry. Okay, no, I'll get back with the food. Oh, thank you. I really do appreciate it. I need to eat. Uh, Kelsey uh, takes a plate. Yonel looks at you. Uh, there's some for you as well. Oh. It's my treat this morning. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Consider this a celebration of life. He smiles and he takes a plate. And so does Cece. She actually takes the plate that has all the bacon and eggs on it. (laughs) I hobble up towards the stand. Okay. Limping, using my sword to support myself, drenched in blood, bandaged gore in my side. Alright, so this is what we do every day. We just go and fight for breakfast. I love it. And I ding the bell. You ding it three times until the man comes up. Alright, alright, what are I going to help you with? And you can see that this man who is wearing his chef's cap has scruffily uh, brown short beard and he appears to be bald though underneath his cap. Clearly, my company did not understand the directive. Uh, I just want all of the bacon and eggs that you have. Um, uh, I'm not exactly sure. Ah, uh, all of the bacon and eggs that you have. Intimidate. With my bloodied, gored self with my giant great I'll sword give you a by bonus. my side. Natural crit. Uh, oh, so 100% passing. My total is a 24. 100% passing. Excluding any bonus. The man appears shaken, and you are coercing him to do what you want. You're there for a good few minutes arguing with him until finally he begins ladling out all the bacon and eggs that they have. And you get this plate. And that's the most expensive thing on the menu, so (laughs) it is 40 silver for all of it together. Uh, Yeah, don't worry. John Xavier owes me one. Just put it on his tab. (laughs) Bluff. (laughs) He does owe me one. He definitely has a tab. Five. He definitely owes me one. Oh, John, of course I'll put it on his tab. And I hobble my way out with a mountain of bacon and eggs. <gasps> oh my goodness, there's so much meat. See, Finnevere, that's how you get a job done. What did you do? No, Mr. Finnevere, Kelsey puts her hand on your back. He got all the bacon and eggs that they have. Is this a religious thing? You might as well call it that. Oh, um, I'll have to remember that. So, while we're eating this bacon, um, mm, yeah. uh-huh. this is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side on the quest for one, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, there were some really mm, interesting ones. I really like... Hold on. 
<laughs> ah, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Not very ladylike. But Amali's not here to correct me, so it doesn't matter. All right, so listen, we've got several options here. First off, she places a piece of paper on the table, like slams it down. I don't know what this says at all. <laughs> so you just took it? Well, yeah. It looked really interesting. But this is not uh, this is not the quest I was going to say because I don't know what it says. But there were other ones. There was one about um, delivering things for people, uh, exterminating things. Sounds exciting. Finding something. Does not sound like I have the patience for that right now. Helping seniors in need. She looks at Charles Smoot. I'm a senior in need. Unless you're giving me charity, we're passing on that one. All right, then. Well... Sounds like the only one that you were interested in is exterminating things. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the seniors are in need. Uh, does does it pay? Uh, hold on. She goes back and she gets up from the table and she runs over to the quest board. And you see that she starts pulling down a few quests and she comes back and places them on the table. All right. These are the ones I was talking about. So here's the one that says it needs delivery men. It says, looking for a group to make brief journey to Senai. Escort valuables and visit the beautiful mining city. Transportation must be provided by yourselves. Party of six recommended. Well, we don't have six people. We don't have transportation. And I'm not going to Sinai. So, I feel like that excludes that one. Okay. Well, fine. All right. And then here's the one for extermination. It says, experience not required. Just a strong arm and pointy stick. I meet all the requirements. This sounds like we're off to a good start. Yeah, but what if it's gross? We could be, like, exterminating bedbugs. We can divide and conquer if you like, and you can go carry the groceries of old people. Hmm. Then she points out another one. And here is one that I thought would be really nice to be helpful to somebody. And you see that it is a missing poster of an image of a cat that is crudely drawn as if by a child. Cece, that seems like the perfect quest for you. You know who probably has a great idea of where it might be? Who? David. David has been all around this town. If you can find David, you could probably find that cat. But David's not part of the guild. It has to be guild members only. Uh, David is your informant. Ooh, I do have an informant. I have an informant? You have a whole informant. Oh, that's amazing. No, actually, the way that you're thinking about that is probably right. Yeah, I know. How is David? He's, he's around. Last time I checked, he was upscaling. He got a whole paperclip. I thought he already had a paper clip. I don't know. Did he, he downscale? He, maybe. Uh, he was sporting some uh, fancy looking clothes. Oh, uh, he did have new clothes. We really, did we set a meeting place for everybody or did we all just? No. Oh, no. Okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. But there is this one. It says, seniors in need of grocery runners. Lamb's Respite has a serious problem, people. Our seniors need our help. And then I really want to know what this one says. Is anyone able to read this? It's like really bad cursive. Uh, can I read it? Sure, roll linguistics. Right. This minus two hurts, but not as bad as the minus five. <laughs> that is how math works. Uh, and also, by the way, that is a 21. Vitivir, you, being of finer taste and nature, and also having been the one that taught all these other schmucks how to read and write, you can read the letter with pretty good ease. Actually, it does look like, instead of a quest, a love letter that says, are you reading this to yourself? Uh, she wanted to know what it said, so I will read it word for word unless I need to stop. <laughs> it says, Jacob, will you marry me? We've been together all this time and I can't live without you. I'll be waiting for you near the bridge in Mulberry Fields. Bria. Well, 
My name's not Jacob, so I don't think I meet those requirements. <gasps> it's a proposal. Okay, listen, I... It's really fun if you go and watch people do proposals because uh, you guys are from around here. So there's this really cool ceremony, and you know about this, Mr. Finnevere, right? Uh, of course, I'm totally hit with the... Uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know that for proposal situations, usually it does involve a public announcement of affection, but also that anybody in the town that sees the proposal is allowed to go and observe it, as well as prank the potential fiancés. I see. <laughs> I see, see oh, this one seems so, like it was tailor-made for you. Well, we would be witnesses. That doesn't sound like it pays very well, I gotta say. It's very important. You most certainly. I think this is the quest to divide and conquer on. Ah, uh, well, the, of course, there's also the cat. Uh, imagine what it'd be like if you lost... Oh, uh, I, like, you could hear Gert come out of his mouth like he's about to mention Grace and Spice. <laughs> imagine, uh, uh how do I... Um, when applying we... the, the charisma thick, uh, how it felt to lose Grace and Spice. And someone's going through that right now. Oh, no. What about Patrick? <gasps> where is Patrick? Did <sighs> we find out where he is? Well, the last known suspect is no longer with us. Alan Taylor was the last one to have him. Wait, where is Alan? Uh, unfortunately, um, we still don't know. Mr. Smoot, your tact is very poor. You can see that Cece looks very What do you mean? It was accurate worried. information. Kelsey leans over. I was going to say more along the lines of, they're still looking? And we don't know is more of a frightening aspect for her. She'll get over herself when she pranks the fiancés. You know, Mr. Smoot, I think you think I'm very little, but I'm not. I am actually 18 years old. I understand. It's just really sad. I never said you didn't. I just said that you seemed very engaged by this concept of pranking people. Yeah, but now I'm worried about Mr. Allen. If John couldn't find him, I definitely don't think that we would. Uh, well, I'm going to do a quick pat at his wound. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You get smacked on the wound. Mr. Finnevere. We'll find him, right? I hope so. And that's that's the best he can muster. Yeah, me too. You can see that Cece is now more down than she was before. The sadness overcoming. But as you guys are having this conversation, Yonrol clears his throat and speaks up. You know, if you're interested in doing the, well, delivery quest, Senai, I'm sure that Valen and Varon wouldn't mind making that journey with you. Unfortunately, uh, at least last time I checked, we had our sights set elsewhere. All right. I know that I won't be very useful to them, but I want to make sure that, well, at least he advances in rank as quickly as possible. Yeah, he pretty much did that by taking all the relics and then... Well, if you're so worried about being in uh, an encumbrance uh, with them, perhaps you party with us for a while. I'm not to be too... Uh, Bored about things. Unfortunately, sir, with this injury to my leg, I will be out of commission for a while. Understood. Your friend did quite a number on my joints and tendons. The muscle is going to take time to repair. Uh, my humble apologies. No, no, it's all well and good. Well. Well, are we going to pick a quest or not? Well, it sounds like you should prank the lovely couple. I don't want to prank them. You want to look for mittens here? And I shake the picture of the cat. 
No. Would it make you feel better if we murdered some bugs and stuff? Maybe. Killing things is a great way to release dopamine. Mr. Smoot, you're not turning her into a barbarian. I never said I was. I think she's already there. How dare you? I'm not a barbarian. I am a young lady. You just tackled and knocked over four people. There's great power inside you, young one. That's <laughs> I think mimic an old man. Kelsey snickers and Yon Roll stifles a laugh. All right, well, All let, right. let's hobble along. If we see the cat on the way, we'll give it to whatever child drew this. But other than that, I think we're killing things today. Okay. Do you know where you're going? Yeah, I'm going to go to find someone who knows where this place is. Uh, I look on the request and see if uh, there's any signifiers, if I'm supposed to take this to the desk or if there's like an address or... There doesn't seem to be a signifier on the document itself. It seems like they are forms that are written by different persons on different pieces of paper. Right. Um, well, if we don't know where we're going, maybe we can go to the information desk. Yep, my thoughts exactly. However, in our due courteous nature, I will rehang these other posters. Uh, taking them for ourselves might be a tad selfish. Yonral actually speaks up. Actually, if you wouldn't mind, I'll take the one for the Senai journey. I'll bring it up to Valen. All right. Best wishes. All right. So, um, you begin making your way over towards the information desk. And as you go up, you see that... Hair. Part. Left. I want to say that's Zora. That, yeah, I'm, I'm also thinking that's Zora. But we'll see. This should give us our answer. Unless it's being postponed. Left is Zora. I have confirmed. Yes. Found it in the notes. Yes. You go up and you see that the twin with the hair parted to the left, Zora, is standing at the desk. There does not appear to be a very large line today, though. All right. Uh, we wait. And we, I assume, eventually we'll get to the front of the line. You are the first ones in line. Oh, oh fantastic. I hobble up using my... Hello, sense. hello. Welcome to the information desk. How can I help you? Uh, I don't... Is it morning? Is it still morning? It is the late morning. Been very eventful. Good morning, Miss Zora. Uh, we would like to accept this quest. Push forward the extermination quest. Oh, all right. This is a very simple quest. Let's see. Uh, yes, the extermination request that was done by... Jake Tarnish. She goes and flips through a book as she reads it off to you. Uh, you will have to go to the nearby farm that's outside of Lamb's Respite. It'll take you about an hour to get there, but he will give you all the rest of your information that you need. Uh, and the reward is for about 750 silver. All um, right. Are you taking the rest of those quests or are you putting them back? Uh, no, ma'am. I wish to return these to where they need to go. All right. Well, let me take them up, put them back up. Thank, Thank you, you very much. So she takes the other pieces of parchment back from you and hands you a strangely cut wooden token piece for the quest. And as you guys begin walking away from the table, you actually hear Zora kind of say, um, Mr. Smoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Would you mind if I spoke with you for a moment? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll be right ahead. Don't wander too far. I'm a little slower than I normally am. And I kind of wave off the rest of the guild and begin walking towards the direction of Zora. Okay. Um, she waves you into the back room with her. Okay. I hobble my way in. She looks at you and she says, All right. Well, here you are. 
and she hands you an envelope. Uh, here I am. What exactly is this? You should know that your discretion is advised. But beware, this will reflect well on your rank if you manage to succeed. I take out my masterwork dagger and cut open the envelope. Okay. I attempt to read it. It is in the language of Arthdal. As long it's as it's not incursive. It will take you a little while to decipher it. Uh, I will notice that it is in a language that is going to take me some time to read, settle with that fact, put it in my pocket, and be on my way. All right. And you make your way out. Zora waves as you leave. Oh, thank you. And you can see, like, this kind of dark smile on her face as if, like, you better not mess up <sighs> or I'll burn your tapestry. Not my tapestry. All right. So, Charles Smoot rejoins with the group. Oh, there you are, Slowpoke. What took you so long? Uh, Zora just wanted to give me forewarning of not putting charges on other people's tabs. You did what? Yeah, John bought us breakfast. Oh, <laughs> you put that on Uncle John's tab? He's going to be really upset. Yeah, yeah, Zora told me that too. You know, for a man who doesn't live in a very nice house, he actually has a lot of money, surprisingly. Oh, that's good to know. Keep that in mind. And she starts walking away towards the exit. Then she stops. Wait a second. Where are we going? Uh, to Jake Tarnish's small farm outside of Lamb's Respite. I don't know where that is. That wasn't very good information. Oh, well, we'll find it, right? Oh, we can stop and ask people for directions. Finnevere's always got away with words. I'm sure he can wrestle up some information. All right. Well, up for an adventure for the quest that we all do together. No more quests without me, okay? Uh, no promises. This one kind of chose us. All right. And you guys begin leaving the keep of Lamb's Respite, heading out towards the edge of the Citadel and out into the wide world on foot. And that is where we're going to end off this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. Thanks, foundlings, for listening to this week's episode, again, of The Gate Chronicles. Woo! We hope you enjoyed it. I know that there was a lot of um, stuff that happened, gore attacks, and almost dead Charles Smoot. That would have been terrifying for me. Uh, you know, killing off the same player a second time would be really sad. Like, I'd rather kill somebody else off first, but, you know, whatever. If you guys enjoyed this week's episode, please make sure you leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you are on, whether or not that's Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, you know, all those kinds of places. Hey, and you can also tag us on our Twitter, Instagram. Those are at RollFound. Tag us and let us know about your review so we can review it and also not even review it, but so we can look at it and also maybe even share it on our own social media and say, yay, somebody loves us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you can also, you know, hang out with us in our Discord. That link is in the description below. And if you want to support us in other ways, make sure you guys go to our website, missingrolleplayerfound.com. That's missing, R-O-L-L, playerfound.com, where we have hats, stickers, t-shirts, and other merchandise. We're working on building up the repertoire as we go. Mm, yes, foundlings. And also, if you want to support us in other ways, you can go to our Patreon and donate to us monthly, where the uh, finances of Patreon do go directly towards producing the podcast, getting music, as well as potentially maybe hiring another editor in the future. Who knows? All right, foundlings. Well, that's it from me. We will see you next, next week on The Gate Chronicles. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.